Welcome back to Sports Beat. I'm Rob Drum. We're live here today, what is March 9th, in the beautiful My Little Falls studio. And I'm here with our producer, Dave Warner. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing fantastic. What's new with you? Not much. Weather's nice. Oh, I know. It's great. Sunroof was open. Heat was still on, but sunroof is open and <laughs> we're, we're getting there. I have my driveway back. Oh, really? I never yeah. lost mine. But yeah. I, yeah. I, the front of my driveway was okay, except the apron, but... The rest of my driveway is nice to see it back again, so spring is on uh, the way. Perfect. We have another great show for you today, and we're uh, we're keeping up with a promise that we made when we started saying that we're going to cover every type of sport, including eSports. So joining us um, on our first live webcasted interview um, is a good friend of mine and the coach of eSports at Herkimer College, Josh Alonza. Josh, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be here. Not a problem, man. Gra- uh, really glad to have you. Um, so first we always like to try to start with like, how did you get where you are? And I, I know we both, we're both St. Francis kids. We're both Herkimer kids. We both went to Herkimer college, um, back when it was H triple C. So talk about how you got from, uh, you know, where you went and how you became the coach at, uh, Herkimer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a quite been quite a journey. And as you, you've known me for a long time, as you said, back for our St. Francis days there, Rob. So, uh, you also know that I am an alumnus of Herkimer college. Uh, and after I decided, you know, graduated from, uh, Utica college with my bachelor's in English, I, uh, wanted to get my foot in the door with higher education. So I was able to land a part-time spot at the college's academic support center and I worked there for a few years. And as soon as I got there, even on a part-time basis, I applied to become the gaming club advisor. I was always active in the gaming club as a student at Herkimer College. And I wanted to you know, give back at becoming an advisor. So I worked there for a while. I got a full-time position at the Academic Support Center, was still advising. And then right before COVID happened, this was the spring of 2020, Don Dutcher, the athletic director, comes up to me and says, we're looking to put together an esports program. And I know you're heavily involved with the gaming club. We want to see if you can get some of your students also involved in this esports thing. And so we had this focus group meeting uh, with Don Dutcher, my club, the administration, and other members of, of the student body who were interested possibly in doing this esports thing. And this was early February of 2020. And then as everyone knows, in the middle of March, uh, it's coming up on the one year anniversary here when our world got turned upside down and everybody was told they had to go home. So that kind of put uh, a, a short-term kibosh on the esports idea uh, back in the spring of 2020, but in late spring, going into May, uh, SUNY decided, you know, we needed to to do something to keep our students active. Let's have an esports tournament. So I decided that I would gather students who were interested in esports, who'd shown that interest in February around then, and. Um, kind of lead the charge at getting involved in this uh, SUNY level tournament. Um, They had one in the late spring. They had some games again in the summer and they did it again in the fall of 2020. I had been actively going around uh, doing the esports thing there in the fall as well. You know, Don Dutcher had been taking note of that. Um, And there had been a call for um, an esports position at the college, you know, a a head coach position there. I threw my hat in the ring. Um, But long story short, we the funding that SUNY was going to match for Herkimer College didn't come through due to COVID. So 
necessity was the mother of invention here. And both myself and uh, Frank Drapolsky, who is our IT programmer at the uh, college, stepped up to become co-managers of this team. And between the two of us, we have enough knowledge of uh, the video games that the NJCAA offers to effectively coach the games that you know students signed up for. So here we are in the spring of 21, and we have an active Smash Brothers team. We have an active Fortnite team, and we have an active Call of Duty team. Um, that's what we were able to muster up, you know, on, on short notice. But despite being under the gun, deciding to get our feet wet on this national stage just this semester, we were able to put together, you know, three full rosters. And I don't think that's anything to sneeze at. No, not at all. Considering, you know, COVID, like you said, and you, you guys are coming in at the the back end. You know, we, we talked to a couple other guests here throughout our you know, evolution of our podcast here and the COVID has, you know, negatively, I think almost entirely negatively impacted sports all over the place. I think esports yep. is that one corner, that one Island, so to speak, where COVID may have been a silver lining because people are home. We're seeing what you can do remotely, how you're going to digitally interact with some people. Um, and and I, I would dare to say that COVID in some cases um, may have helped the esports world kind of grow a little bit um whereas if it was still normal you would still kind of have the the normal stigma that's around it because i know when we were talking uh you know pre-show uh you know people really do have this stigma when they hear esports they think oh you know just a bunch of people playing a video game kind of thing and that's really not what it is Right. Yeah, that's that's a, a great point you bring up there, Rob. And, you know, I I understand, you know, people's hesitation to, like, include esports and in something like athletics, because let's be honest, you're not running, jumping or climbing or doing anything. It, it, what would people would consider physical activity. Therefore, how could you possibly be athletic? You know, I understand that line of thought. But the truth is that if anyone wants to be a good esports athlete, they have to take physical fitness seriously, number one. And that's something that I promote amongst my esports players because if your body's healthy, your mind's healthy. And if your mind's healthy, you're able to make good decisions. And what people might not realize is that as an esports athlete, you're making a lot of the same type of decisions and uh, strategizing in the same way a traditional athlete would. Let me give you a quick example. Let's say you're playing a game of basketball, right? And I'm a basketball player. Any basketball player at any given point uh, in the game has a number of decisions they make when they get the ball. Do they dribble? Do they pass? If they pass to whom? Do they shoot? If they shoot, where do they shoot from? Do they take a three-point long? Do they do a two-point jumper? Do they go for the layup? You know, on defense, are you playing a two-three zone? Are you playing man-to-man? -man? All sorts of decisions under the duress of time. Well, esports has the same kind of thing. If I'm uh, an esports player, every press of every button I make to command my character to do something in a game is a decision and it's often under the duress of time so i have to choose in the most efficient manner what i'm going to do with with my game at any uh, point along the game so it's it's uh, very similar to a, a traditional sports athlete in that respect and again if I'm going to make the best decisions possible, I got to make sure my body and mind is as healthy as can be. And that's why I promote um, the, these uh, healthy lifestyle activities. 
And that's that's a really, you know, good point is, you know, time is a universal factor in everything and, and especially within the sports world. And, you know, and and being not a obviously a gamer as, as heavy as you guys would be doing what you're doing. But I, my cousin went down, I think, a couple of years ago to Red Bull Stadium when they were doing one of the tournaments down there or Madison Square Garden. Sorry, when they were doing yep. one of the big tournaments down there for League of Legends and Call of Duty. And I mean. Some of these people, when they're showing you the, you know, the pre-production kind of storyline that they're putting together, you know, the training for some of this is is just as stringent as some of the, you know, major sports athletes that are out there in NBA, NFL, whatever. They're getting up in the morning, they're doing some kind of physical exercising, as like you've you've mentioned, healthy eating is a huge thing, and then you yeah. know they're gaming out because, and the one thing I always thought was interesting, and and I'm glad you brought it up, is. Everybody has the it is the stigma around it that you're sitting in a chair in front of a TV all day just gaming out, and, and that's not really the thing because you like you point right. out you have to be able to counterbalance the fact that you're sitting in a chair all day. You've got to be able to do something to keep that balance there because if you were like me at one time in my life, 400 pounds sitting in front of a chair for eight hours a day, you know, downing Mountain Dew and chips you're not really going to be good to your team because I think Mike Golick was the one who said it, the best ability in any sport is availability. And if I'm, you know, yes. something happens to me because of my health, uh, I'm no, I'm no longer available for my team. I'm no longer producing. And and I think that's an interesting point that you bring up. No, that's, that's exactly right, Rob. And it's, it's like you said, you, you have to have a training regimen that, you know, we work with our students on a regular basis to make sure that, you know, they are keeping up with the most effective tactics available or otherwise known as the meta and gamer slang, uh, making sure they understand their, their matchups and such. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of training. And, but I also emphasize that I don't want any of my students playing their game of choice for more than two hours a day. And here I'll tell you why, because you get decision-making fatigue, okay? After that two-hour mark, there's diminishing returns as to how much you are actually intaking, your brain is processing, and you are learning. And eventually, after that two-hour mark, you're just kind of playing the game on autopilot and not really synthesizing what you're doing right and wrong in each match. So that's why it's, like you said, you got to strike a balance there in order to be a successful gamer. And, uh, you know, be the best you can for your team. And, you know, back in the day when we were in in college together, we used to be an alumni hall. You guys would be at one end when, you know, with the TV in the the one corner or multiple TVs in some cases. What does it look like now when you're training? Because I I doubt it's first off, I, I, I doubt it's just you know, couple people with one TV on the cart. So what, what does the, the training look like? How do you guys set up? Where at the college do you guys um, train? Is it all remote right now? What's the future yes. look like? Dive into wherever you want with that one. Yeah. So um, right now the training is not as uh, uh, formal as, uh, as we would like it. Of course, uh, COVID has kind of put the kibosh on that. Um, we've had to rely on students with their own personal resources at home. Uh, right now, most classes are offered via real-time remote. That means students are logging in through Microsoft Teams to their classes at a designated time. So, for example, I'm a music appreciation professor as well. So uh, if my class is at 2.30 to 3.30, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's when a student would log into their computer and uh, meet with me for that hour 
um, three times a week. So most of those classes are getting offered that way. There are a few classes, just a handful that's getting offered on campus, like the lab sciences or some art classes, but the majority of students aren't on campus right now, Rob. So we've had to make do with, with the materials that they have. Um, and they're kind of on their, on their own schedule to practice. It's not like we can say, Hey, your practice time is from 4 to 6 p.m., you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Of course, we can't do that because they've already made their schedules and kind of how we, we birthed this program for the NJCAA uh, on, under the gun. We, we kind of did it a little backwards, but here's what's coming down the pike. So it's not going to stay like that forever. Right. We are planning on developing an eSports facility and our technology center building on campus. Um, it's going to have state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line stuff, Rob. We're, we're talking, you know, the best computers money can buy, Nintendo Switches for Smash and, and TVs that, you know, with high-speed internet, the best that, that we can do. And the only reason it didn't go into effect was, as I touched on before, we had a, a match pro program with SUNY. So we were going to put up X amount of dollars and SUNY was going to match that. And that's how we were going to build these facilities. However, SUNY had to pull that funding due to COVID. Right. We're in talks of getting that funding back. And and what games and other platforms do you guys hope to expand to? Are you guys going to just keep it to the, uh, to the ones that you mentioned earlier in this interview? Or do you guys want to expand into getting into some of the more? I know, and I, I'm, I'm not 100% current, but I know League of Legends at one point was, you know, the... The one game that everybody in the world was playing. I know World of mm -hmm. Warcraft is making a comeback to some degree. Uh, you know, Fortnite obviously is is not going anywhere. Um, where do you guys hope to expand into, or do you just want to make it like Novocaine and keep working on those and just get better at the the ones that you have now? Well, Frank and I both said that at the at the onset of this, um, we'd like to cast the widest net possible in order to catch the most fish. Um, so. That means if, uh, let's say I'm a Fortnite player. I know we're playing Fortnite right now, so that's probably not the best example. Let's say I'm an NBA 2K player. That's that's one that we there still want to push. Um, and I'm, I play NBA 2K, and the, like I said, the games that we're playing right now are Fortnite, uh, Super Smash Brothers, and Call of Duty. But I'm, a, I'm an NBA 2K player. And I'm thinking about where to go to college. I'm a senior in high school looking to graduate. Well, would I come to Herkimer College if their their esports program doesn't have what I'm looking for? Maybe not. Maybe I would choose a different college that actually has the esport that I specialize in. Right. So we're saying we'd like to keep it up as open as possible um, to those games like FIFA, NBA 2K. Of course, there is a list that the NJCAA uh, regulates and unfortunately actually League of Legends is not one of them really uh, yes so let me explain for your listeners at home and for you how things work here uh, in esports world uh, unlike a game of basketball or football where you know you have the NCAA that regulates these things and you have a football field or a basketball court and you have a ball you just go there and play with the regulations right right not so cut and dry with esports Esports is more at the mercy of the video game publishers. So oh. in the case of League of Legends, that's Riot Games, right? right? Uh, if we're talking Overwatch, it's Blizzard, uh, Epic Games for Rocket League, you know, and so on down the line. Right. Anyway, Riot is kind of 
protective of their property. And uh, they haven't allowed the NJCAA to officially uh, regulate tournaments with their licensed property. Um, from what I understand, the NJCAA is in talks with Riot about kind of working something out. But for right now, if you want to play League of Legends, and we do play League of Legends at Herkimer, by the way, we got a lot of league players. Right. It's just not in the national capacity. We're still playing kind of at the club level with that. Right. And if Riot has a tournament that they're offering, we sign up for that. So that's what's going on with League. League is not going anywhere. It is the most popular game in the world. Um, and we are still, you know, trying to get League of Legends players to our college because guess what? A lot of uh, the ECAC division, the upper uh, level universities who are developing an esports program, they offer League of Legends for, for them. So it's, it's an NJCAA riot issue for that. Um, but there are 13 other games that are supported by the NJCAA, um, you know, and that, of course, we didn't fill out all of them this semester, but we said between Frank and myself that we have the capacity to work with all these games should we get students interested in them. And, and that's pretty cool, too. And I, I mean, you know, one of the things that I see, you know, in not in the gaming world per se, but as a as a entry-level gamer, I guess that I can hold my own to some degree and probably get my butt handed to me and the others. Gaming is is still universal. People have this thing that there is a specific type of person or persons that play video games. And that's just not the case anymore. I know I know a bunch of people, that's right. that, you know, if they're a soccer fan and in between they're, they're rocking FIFA, they're a basketball fan, like you talked about, it's 2K. Football fan, mm-hmm. I, I know, you know, every year Madden comes out. College, uh, yep. or the college uh, football is dropping a new game whenever they get to it with COVID, who knows? You know, I'm old school. Halo's still one of my top video games that I've ever played. I, I absolutely loved that game. I love the world that was created by Bungie and, and now 343. Um, I have my reservations to some degree, but that's an offline conversation. Um, but, you know, game, th- there's, there is a game for everyone. I mean, my dad still could probably rock Tetris on his old gray big Game Boy and everything. I talked to a friend earlier today on my way in, uh, rocking the 3DS with Pokemon Y. So, I mean, you know, there's gaming for everybody. It's just to what level, I guess. Right. So, again, there's different tiers of things. And I'm not going to be the kind of coach that says, you're not cut out to play esports. I will never say that to anyone. Everyone is invited on my team. And though you might not be competitive enough to get on that national stage yet, if you want to put the work in, Rob, you will get there. Okay. I'm telling you right now, the beauty of esports is that we can have the most diverse coalition of students uh, that traditional sports simply just can't produce. There are no physical limitations, there are no uh, gender requirements either. I'm so proud to say that our our team is co-ed, we have been successful in recruiting both female and male students. And that's a big shift that I've seen over the years. You see a lot more uh, female student athletes getting involved and it's it's a wonderful thing, you know, to say that what was, uh, you know, and still is to an extent a male dominated environment, you know, they're they're making way for, you know, and giving respect to these uh, female esports athletes, you know, that, are working together with, with other students on the team. You know, it's, it's, uh, something that I, I drilled home, uh, really with, with our institution. You know, I said, there is no 
there is no men's esports and there is no women's esports. It's just esports. Right. And that's how I want it to stay. On the the SUNY and, and you know, doing everything that I've done with SUNY in, in my career before I was where I am now, um, you know, I, I, get, I get how that all works. Um, you know, SUNY campuses are playing other SUNY campuses and you got your own little in, yep. internal. Um, That's right. did that with the March mascot or the March Madness mascot challenges and all the other little challenges that came around when Chancellor Zimfer was there. And those have kind of held the test of time where you said you're on the national stage. What other universities are playing? You know, obviously Herkimer is a two year. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. got to be some of the major universities in the country that are offering. Um, yeah. Uh, esports and even in the, the state, a lot of SUNY, SUNY schools are there. Um, right. As far as D1 goes, um, you know, we haven't had much experience with that because, you know, we're, we're a little school and right, right. most most of the schools we deal with are D3. So, um, but yeah, I, I would assume a D1 esports league is, uh, you know, going to be burgeoning very soon. It's, it's, it's the it's the future. So if, right. a, stu- if a student body um, at at any given college has an esports program, they are going to generate retention there. Uh, it's it's an opportunity to to draw students to your institution, and that's going to translate to a financial boon for most universities. How have you guys? And again, we just touching, but in more detail, how have you guys gotten around the stigma of what it is to e, uh, esports? You know, sometimes selling it to you know, administration, outsiders, other stakeholders that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. fully involved. How do you, what, what's your, and your, um, your co-coach that you have there in IT, what was your guys' plan for when you guys were doing the pitch for this? I know you said uh, Donnie came to you. I'm sure you had to be in a room or talk and, and put together some kind of pitch at some point, or you have to pitch other people. What's that look like to get it? You know, you got the, the you know, the people that have their, their preset ideas and, and preconceived notions of what it means to be a student athlete in esports. How do you break that? And then how do you pitch that it's something that's valuable? Yes, yes. So, um, fortunately, you know, speaking for Herkimer, uh, our administration has been great about uh, starting this program up. And like I said, Donnie came to me uh, and asked for my help in this. And, you know, he, he is 100,000% behind this. And there's there's no need to convince him uh, or pitch anything to him. There wasn't. He, he was on board from day one. And most of our administration, if not all of our administrations, is on board with this. So I've been blessed with that. And I'm thankful for, for our institution for that. Um, you know, if there is, you know, some sort of pushback about it, you know, I, I try to explain it in the ways that I explained it to you, Rob, that, that our athletes and traditional athletes aren't that different um, in what they have to do and what's expected of them to do. And it's just like uh, any other student athlete, they are students first. And my day job at the Academic Support Center, I, I see to it that our students are remaining eligible and keeping up with their studies and uh, doing everything that's expected of our traditional student athletes as well, you know, and I'm here to try to bridge that gap as much as possible. And that's, you know, that it's always good when you have the administration on your side. And it's, it's not surprising to me being, you know, up at Herkimer at one point in my life that that's still, you know, the mantra that's there. And, and it's great to see that Donnie has an, an embraced that and the administration has done that. Cause I, I agree with you 110%. This is the future because it takes down the physical requirement 
um, yeah. for sports, but it also, it adds something for everybody. Cause you know, I think personally, and I, w- I was thinking about this on the drive over here to little falls, I think, and, and, you know, you could have soccer players that play, you know, Pepe does a great job of recruiting, uh, soccer players from all over the world to play at H triple or well, Herkimer college. Now I- I'm sure you could get some of them that could rock out at FIFA just fine. That's that's true, Rob. In fact, um, we had one player who is currently residing in Norway, had to stay there due to COVID restrictions, ask about playing FIFA for the team. And nice. Frank and I both said, please join us if you can. Unfortunately, the way uh, time zones are and how meets <laughs> are, his matches would have been at like two in the morning Norwegian time. So it just wasn't feasible this semester for him. But just like you said, he's not an isolated case. There's plenty of them out there. And right. any college administration should see this as a win-win, okay? This right. is a chance for students to build a greater campus community, feel like they're a part of something that they may not have had the opportunity to feel a part of otherwise. And in the college in turn, it's revenue. It's it's retention. It turns into dollars and cents. So that's that's why I'm saying this is is the moneymaker of the future. And it's a way for students to get involved and feel like they're part of a campus community. And let's be honest, you know, there's sometimes not much going on around campus if you're not going to the basketball game or, you know, it's it's late at night or it's a Saturday and and student activities isn't on an off weekend. So you guys are filling the void because at at the very least, I know back in the day when, when we were up there, Everybody was playing a video game if you didn't have something to do, but now you've done it where you're giving them a sense of community, a sense of a team to do something, and you're providing that structure when they were already going to go back to their dorm room or their apartment anyway to do exactly what they're doing with you. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. So uh, promote what you got to promote. I know you said you got some stuff coming up on, you know, you got your SUNY stuff coming up. So go for yes. it. Okay. So right now for this semester, um, we, uh, like I said, have three active teams running. We have our Call of Duty team and our Fortnite team. Those teams are playing on Monday evenings with the Call of Duty playing at 6 and Fortnite's matches at 7. Our Super Smash Brothers team is playing at both the SUNY level and the NJCAA level. Our NJCAA meets are every Tuesday at 5 p.m., and our SUNY meets are every Tuesday at 8 p.m. You can find us uh, on the web if you want to watch our games. It's it's so convenient to watch our games now, Rob, because you can just tune in to, to the Internet. As long as you have the Internet, you can watch. If you go to twitch.tv slash Herkimer underscore generals underscore esports. We are streaming our games as they happen. So you get to see our players play in real time, just like any other sports game and from I'm, the convenience of your own home. And we'll, uh, we'll throw that link up there. I know you've sent me the link. We'll throw that link up on our, yep. uh, our Facebook page once we get out of here. Yep. And anybody who's looking to, uh, be uh, involved in Herkimer Esports. If you're thinking about Herkimer College and you're thinking about joining our team, we'd love to have you. Please inquire with our admissions department. They're going to send you right to me and Frank, and we'll be getting in touch with you right away. We don't delay on that. So tell us what you're playing. Tell us what you like to play, and uh, we look forward to meeting you. Well, Josh, thanks, man. It was great talking to you. And this was kind of something that uh, a bucket list item for this podcast because we said that we were going to talk about esports too. And, and uh, we've held that promise. So uh, look forward. We'll have to yes. have you back sometime, especially when you get that new facility built and everything when COVID is yes. over. We'll come up to the college and uh, do something with you up there. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to love to have you, Rob. Love to have you there.
Do a remote. We'll do, there we go. We'll, we'll do that. It. Yeah, they've we'll got, do that. They've got the IS up there that we yeah. can you know, plug in and go. Now we can do this. Great. Oh, we love it. We love it. Thank you so much to the both of you uh, for having me tonight. It's been great to be here. Josh, I, I learned man. a lot. It, it was great. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thank you. And we're going to go to commercial and come back on the other side for PressBox. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news information and events in the city. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of Little Falls, New York. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, and our events calendar. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling stories about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of local residents and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store or sign up for our weekly newsletter. Stop by today at mylittlefalls.com. You'll be glad you did. That's pretty cool. Like, you, you, and, and you know, you don't you don't think of it. And, and, and I know because I, I've, I've talked with him and a few other people before, but you think of eSports and you immediately have the idea of it's just a bunch of people sitting around a TV or on their own TV or whatever. And it's always good to, you know, the, the, the physical aspect is good, you know, healthy body, healthy mind. Yeah. I had no idea that was part of it. I mean, I'm looking at Josh's chair there and he's rocking a nice chair there, you know, right. gamer's chair. Yeah, like absolutely. That. We're a little yeah. rough here. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking of when I was watching him, but uh, no, the physical aspect, it's a good that they've worked that in. I like that. Yeah. And, and, it, and it makes sense too, you know, his, his point about, and, and I thought it was awesome. He's dropping the basketball knowledge when he's dropping the, the, you know, the gaming knowledge. Totally true. I mean, if you got 30 seconds to, you, you know, shoot, I, you know, conference tournaments are coming up this weekend. I've been watching a bunch of those. You got 20 seconds left. You got to figure out what you're doing. You got to break a defense. I'm sure the same kind of stuff happens. You got 20 seconds left. You're down by two, you know, kills or whatever you're playing in Fortnite, and you got to get there. How are you going to get there? It's yeah. the same concept. And he's right. You know, the other stereotype was the fact that gamers sit there for six, eight, 10, 12 hours, just eating snacks. And he's got them limited to two, two. hours. That was really interesting. And, and you would never think like, you know, we go to work, we do our, you know, a thing you're there for seven, eight hours, you know, the involved in elections, I'd be chained to my desk yep. doing repetitive, same thing for 10, 12 hours at a clip doing registration processing and it's a, it's a, it's a valid point. Diminishing rate of return after two hours. He said, yeah, I thought that was really cool. That was cool. And I can't wait to see the facility they built, uh, you know, COVID hopefully is over. And yeah, I just don't understand why the Norwegians can't play at 2 AM in the morning. Is it, you know, I don't know what's wrong with the gamers. I thought they could play it like any time. I know a buddy of mine who also streams to Twitch. He, he works, um, in the as a chef he'll come home and he'll he'll stream for a couple hours and then yeah, i just i don't get it and now i can't i don't drink i don't drink soda anymore after my surgery so i i, I can only imagine how much mountain dew that requires but yeah soda's bad for you no matter what well that's true that's true <laughs> so in our sport our press box segment and again we're gonna coaches and uh staff please start sending us your uh scores along when you report for media our email address is sportsbeat at mylittlefalls.com. We'll say that again, and we'll put that in on Facebook. But that's sportsbeat at mylittlefalls.com. 
Uh, we would love to have that. We'll cover that in our uh, local roundup section that we do as part of Press Box. So we got just a couple local scores here. Uh, Dodgeville falls to West Canada, 60-53. to 53. I believe that was the home opener for them. Cooperstown beat Richfield Springs, 62-43. Now, this is boys basketball as well. Fonda Fultonville, Fonda Fultonville, let's try that one again. Three times. There we go. Beat OESJ, 51-37. to and Amsterdam beat Kanjo 79 to 43. And over on the girls' basketball side, Kanjo beat Fort Plain 47-29. And Amsterdam beat Fonda Fultonville 66-52. So that's the local scores. Herkimer's coming online, or Herkimer County's coming online. I know Herkimer has their uh girls home opener, I believe is Friday that we're there, and then boys are next week. So things are things are online for Herkimer County or I, Herkimer County. Hey, I'm excited for me. The girls basketball mm -hmm. varsity here yep. in Little Falls. Yeah. Playing the first home game Friday night and I'm covering it. I'm nice. Like, yes. Finally. <laughs> I, I was looking at and we'll look in just at, you know, sports around the country and there, there's places that 18 months, oh. 400 something days, like, and, and I know John was talking about it when we interviewed him the time. Yeah, what, 49 weeks, he said. And, and we'll, we'll get to it when we talk to Q's um, lacrosse, but they let students in for the first time in 17 months. It was the first time for a lacrosse meet over the weekend. Wow. Crazy. Uh, we're we're going to start with Diamond Dogs. They've been red hot lately. They've signed three more players. John Archer, who's a pitcher. Uh, he's D2 out of Thomas Aquinas. We have a Andy, and I am not going to even try to say your last name because that's just not going to work for me. Uh, pitcher D2 out of St. Alism College. And Sean from the same and all pitchers, big week for pitchers. Yeah, and staff. It was reported in My Little Falls. Lou Parada is back at the as the voice of the Diamond Dogs for his tenth season. We got to get him on the show because yeah. he's he's a wild man. Great public <laughs> uh, public address announcer again for his tenth season back. And Don Corbin from UC is a, and is a, one of their athletic trainers adding to that staff. So Travis is red hot. He's moving. Yeah. He's getting there. Hey, it. It you know what it goes quickly. We're in the middle of March now, yeah, and uh, you know then it's April, and I mean the end of May. Yeah, it's not that far away. Yeah, got I got to make sure my boat's ready to go. So when the snows or the ice is gone in the lake, it goes right back in the water. <laughs> this wasn't about boats. This I was know baseball, right? I know. I all know. Right, I know. You right. lost me there. That's all right. Uh, jumping over to Q's basketball, they're on the bubble. It, it, would it be March Madness without Q sitting exactly on the bubble? Uh, they're eighth in the ACC with a uh, nine and seven ACC record and fifteen eight overall going into tournament play. They beat Clemson last week on Wednesday, right after our taping. Um, they uh, they closed the break. Um, they closed the break against Clemson, leading by three, but pulled away in the second to close it out and take the win. They're going into ACC play tomorrow. Would it be March Madness without Q's on the bubble? He picks winners. <laughs> Sorry, it's gonna be it's gonna be the standing joke. Let's not start. Q's fans, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I was talking Q's lacrosse. They hosted Vermont, uh, the Catamounts. Uh, senior goalie put on a clinic. Watch part of that game. Absolute clinic with a career high 20 saves. Just absolutely phenomenal day. Offense had a, had a collective stellar day as well. Um, they were 17 for 32 shooting, but um, they're. At the X, they just didn't do well, 10-34. Uh, they pulled out the 17-13 to three, uh, 13 win, um, and like I said, uh, they welcomed fans for the first time since last year sometime. So nice to see some of the – and they were students. That's the way it should That's, be. Yeah. Students and some – it looked like some parents and stuff like that, but if you're going to do it, you know, that's, that's your fan base. Yeah, I know the donors are there. there. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and they will be playing Stony Brook for the first time on Friday at the Dome. So Dome is still open. Lacrosse is going. Jumping over in, in College World, but we're going to stay over at Herkimer College for bowling. Women have finished second um, in their division moving up. Uh, I know the coach, uh, Tony DeLuca, is doing a great job in, uh, improving week to week. Alexis Garrison had a 694 series, and Sienna Kenyon had a 689 series. So pretty close there in, in that, and they're doing good. Men are on fourth. Tim Coolen had a 9 23 or sorry 928 series and david cook had an 871 both of those are higher than probably any series i ever saw and they're back in action on thursday uc hockey ray biggs was here and uh he's talking about hockey and everything coming up and some i don't want to say bad news but is some of the the side effects i guess of covid they halted a game the hockey men's hockey game the other night in the second period uh, after the second intermission, rather, due to positive COVID cases, and they haven't finished it. They were up five to two against Elmira College, and I, when I looked just last night, and then again this um, afternoon on lunch, they don't have any plans to make it up. So it's going to mm. be interesting how that goes. And you know, actions have consequences. Um, UC has canceled the women's basketball season after the investigation of an off-campus party led to the COVID spike. Eighteen students were sent home and transitioned back to remote learning. Um, the press release that was put out said there was 20 positive cases with 100 students at a party off campus. I get regulations are what they are, but you know I think Travis said it the best the first week when we started off, just do the right thing. That's not the right thing, and actions do have consequences, and that's unfortunate to see that the the whole women's basketball program got canned for the year, and you know especially seniors. I, I wonder how that's going to work for them. But well, I'm sure they were sitting there saying, "Look, we told you guys what the rules were." Yep. And. Action again. Actions yep. have consequences, yep. and, and and Ray was right. They've done a great job in rolling out what the regulations are, and they've been very upfront. They and, and you know looking at how they've done it, just you know, and 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 good for them. Not you know, actions have consequences. You yep. got it. You got to hold that line. Yeah. Uh, men's basketball is opening up Friday, March twelfth, against Cuca College. Um, I believe that's an away game down there. And women's lacrosse uh, is opening tomorrow versus RIT the RIT Tigers. They were four and zero last season. Red hot. Um, and la and when play got halted, obviously that's where the, it ended. But they they I guess finished last year with a four and zero season, red hot. A lot of returners. Looks like the women's lacrosse team is going to be a another red hot season. Let's let's hope we can add some more to that. So again, coaches and staff, please include us in your sports reporting. Again, it's sportsbeat at mylittlefalls.com. Uh, we will post that um, for updates and highlights throughout the week. Find us on Facebook at sportsbeat. Uh, weekly podcast with Rob Drum, or we're going to try to be creating a Twitter if we can get through that. Um, so we'll post that handle or and have that for you next week. Hopefully, all goes well with that. You got to love all this. Prove that you're real. Like, yes, I'm real. Make a, make a Twitter. Yeah, I'm just gonna make a tweet, right? Yeah, I want to I want to tweet on my Twitter, but I can't do that yet. For all your local sports news and our podcast home, find us at mylittlefalls.com. For Rob Drum here with Dave Warner, we'll talk to you next week. All right, see ya. <laughs>